All right. Good morning, Four Oaks Church. It is Tuesday, September 27th, as Hurricane Ian barrels down upon the coast. Let's be praying for folks all across our state and otherwise, and for God's protection. And looks like we may miss the very worst of it here in Tallahassee, but you never know with these things. So we just trust God and pray for others and do good for our neighbors, and which brings us right into the context for our passage this morning. This is Romans Rewind, and so we are in the middle of Romans 12. We preached this past Sunday, Romans 9 through 21, on what it means to um, love um, one another in the body of Christ, to abhor people, to hold fast to what is good. And one of the sections though we didn't get to spend a ton of time on was this whole idea of how we are to treat those who have wronged us. And let me go back and read um, the relevant section of Romans chapter 12. Let's begin at verse 14 and go from there. Paul says, bless those who persecute you, bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice, weep with those who weep, live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Never be wise in your own sight. Repay no one for evil, but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God. For it is written, written Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. To the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. For by doing so, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Last Yesterday, we talked about this idea, what does it mean to heap burning coals on our enemy's head? And although we're not quite sure, it's a little obscure, there seems to be this sense of, of shame that is incurred by our opponent's that leads them to repentance as they expect vengeance from us, but what they instead get is kindness and love. And I wanna, wanna build on that and, and, mention, and follow up with something I said during the sermon on Sunday. I, I said that the ultimate reason that we do not have to take vengeance upon our enemies, the, the ultimate reason we don't return evil for evil is because of the cross. I said that it's ultimately because of Jesus that we are to let go of angerness, strife, vengeance, um, an eye for an eye, even when the situation might call for it from a justice standpoint. The reason that we are able to let go of these things is because of what Jesus did for us on the cross. And I want to follow that statement up by, by explaining a little more about what I mean and how important the gospel is to understanding how we are to go about doing something that seems so counterintuitive. So counterintuitive in the sense that when someone is um, paying us evil, when someone is doing us wrong, when somebody is taking out vengeance against us, then clearly this is when we are most tempted to lash out or to withdraw. And how Paul prescribes a way forward that does neither of those things. It doesn't ignore it, neither does it um, live in it, but we return 
evil with good. We do this because of the cross. So, so what do we mean by that? Flip over for a second to Matthew chapter five, because a lot of what Paul says here sounds eerily familiar. And in fact, maybe this week we'll talk a little bit about in a different session uh, how much of the teachings of Christ was Paul uh, cognizant of, but it sure sounds like he has been listening to Matthew and Jesus, right? Um, because listen to what it says in, in Matthew 5, verse 38 and following, okay? And this is Jesus speaking. It says, you have heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say to you, do not resist the one who is evil. But if anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn to him the other also. And if anyone would sue you and take your tunic, let him have your cloak as well. And if anyone forces you to go one mile, go with him two miles. Give to the one who begs from you and do not refuse the one who would borrow from you. You have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you so that you may be sons of your father who is in heaven. Okay, so Jesus um, here um, is providing quotations from the Old Testament, or at least partial quotations. And he's telling his listeners, which are, remember, in, these, are, these are Jews who are there in Palestine following Jesus in his ministry. And he's saying, here is what you have heard the Old Testament say, but l l let me tell you what God's true will is in this area. Now, some have seen this as a as Jesus saying that the Old Testament was wrong, and, and that's not, in fact, what's happening. There's a couple of things happening here, okay? Jesus is quoting the Old Testament, um, but he is identifying ways in which people misinterpreted the Old Testament, okay? And... Um, particularly in the in the camp of the Pharisees. So, so for example, look in Matthew 5, 43. You shall heard, have heard that it was said, you shall love your enemy, in neighbor and hate your enemy. Well, that's a quotation from Leviticus 19. And when you look at Leviticus 19, it doesn't, Leviticus 19 doesn't say exactly that. What it does say, um, and I'm going to try to pull this up here, is it says... Um, you shall not hate your brother in your heart, but you shall reason frankly with your neighbor, lest you incur sin because of him. You shall not take vengeance or bear a grudge against the sons of your own people, but you shall love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. Well, some were interpreting that to mean, well, because God's saying love your neighbor, your brother, your fellow Israelite, that means we have to hate our enemy. Well, that's not true. Okay, That's not what Leviticus 19 says in its heart. That was simply an inference, okay, that that people, the Pharisees, were making from that statement. And Jesus here, Matthew, is correcting, okay, their their misinterpretation of, of Leviticus 19. But nonetheless, okay, he is introducing sort of the ultimate rationale, okay, behind why it is that we can love our enemies and pray for those who persecute us. Um, why we can, as Paul says, not return evil for evil, but return evil with good. Why is that possible? Okay. See, one of the reasons in the Old Testament that we hear this eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth, is that in the Old Covenant, there was this idea that 
every wrong had to be punished, that someone had to pay the penalty for their sin, for their wrong that they had done. And that's why the Old Testament is full of all sorts of restitution laws. If you do this, then this has to happen, etc. Um, oftentimes, this was accompanied by a sacrifice. And, and the way that vengeance was ultimately doled out, okay, um, was, was not just on a human level, but on a sacrifice that was offered to pay the restitution for that sin against someone else. And, and here, there is this idea that someone has to pay, right? Wrongs have to be reconciled in some way. And every time the Israelites would offer, okay, a sacrifice, they would be reminded, okay, this, that this is indeed what, like, their sin is what does, they deserved this vengeance. They deserve to be the one killed. They deserve to be the one punished. But instead, this sacrifice was being offered in their place. Well, this is not something they had to do only once. They had to do it over and over and over again. And the whole idea was that the Levitical system was preparing and pointing them towards their ultimate heart's desire and need for a permanent sacrifice, a once and for all sacrifice. Well, as the writer of Hebrews tells us, this, of course, um, was Jesus. Now, going back to Romans 12, why is it, okay, what does the gospel, the cross, have to do with the fact that we can now not return evil for evil while we can um, leave the wrath and the vengeance of God into his hands and not take it into our own hands? Well, it's because ultimately Jesus has, is the ultimate sacrifice for all of our sins. And when we try to enact um, revenge or punishment against a brother, for example, then we are really negating the cross because it is Jesus who took on the sacrifice and vengeance of God on behalf of that person for their sin. And for us to feel like we have to add our punishment, okay, or our wrath or our vengeance is to really nullify the cross, is to really say the cross is not enough, um, that what this person really deserves is vengeance from me. Now, in the Old Covenant, that was in a sense true, right? Because who was paying the penalty for their vengeance in the Old Testament? Well, it, they were having to offer this sacrifice, right? Um, and But it was very temporary. Well, we're into the new covenant now. And the reason Paul can say, you don't have to return evil for evil. You don't have to do eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth, the way it was in the old covenant, is that a permanent solution has been made for your sin. And not just for your sin, but for your enemy's sin. That's in God's hands now. He has provided the perfect sacrifice in order to cover over all of our, um, all of our sins. And so even our enemy sins. And so when I said on Sunday that the cross is the ultimate solution to what Paul is saying here, it's the ultimate rationale, it's the ultimate foundation, the ultimate grounds, that's what we mean. That because of the gospel um, where Jesus has paid the penalty and taken on our sin, we do not have to return evil for evil. We are now released okay, from having to punish our enemies. Jesus has taken on that punishment. Instead, we can now are empowered to overcome evil with good 
trusting that God will enact his ultimate justice in his time and his place, knowing that even for our enemies, he is there for them to seek refuge in if they will only come to him. And when we turn our cheek, when we do not return evil for evil, we're pointing people to the reality that Jesus has taken on that penalty for us. And so, of course, we're going to extend love and grace and forgiveness to others. All right, so be thinking about that today. If this is a hard concept for you to be able to release, to not repay evil for evil, um, to, to not avenge, um, just remember that you and I deserve the same because of our sin. But Jesus took that sin upon himself and was able to release us from that bondage and that penalty, and thus we can do that for others as we live out the gospel. All right, we'll be back tomorrow. Let me pray. I'm sure we'll have another hurricane update and no more then. Lord, we do pray for those who are in the path of this hurricane. We do pray for those who, um, they're, they're, during these times, life is extenuated, is very temporary, and Lord, pray that you would speak during these times in a way that people would seek you and find you. Lord, we do pray that you would show us how to walk with wisdom and grace um, through um, the circumstances of our life, particularly when people harm us and wrong us. Lord, let us be able to release them to you and to the good news of Jesus. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. Thanks, everybody. See you manana.